since I just school I fat it no for today I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way I play Hey everybody and welcome back to the UK Hockey Fan Podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm Finn. And we're back with uh, another weekly edition. Uh, and this will be sort of a special edition. Uh, our first podcast of uh, the NHL Playoff Series 2019. Yeah. And uh, it's been, uh, been been pretty wild. It has been a crazy start already to the playoffs. I'm so stoked. There's so much to talk about. It's so exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, and hopefully we can, we'll have uh, enough time to cover it all in this podcast. Yeah, and we'll try, you know, we, don't, we won't make it mega long for people, but there is a lot to talk about. And um, also we've got uh, Cliffy's notes on, so we'll have um, our mate Scott Antcliffe on, who will cover what's happening around the UK leagues. But we might get Scott to stay on a bit longer with us tonight if he can, um, and uh, just talk about some of the stuff that's happening in general. Because as you know, if you uh, are a regular listener of the show, you'll know that Scott is also a big Leafs fan. And uh, there's lots of news surrounding the Leafs thing. Um, there have been some crazy uh, playoff results so far. I don't know about you, Finn. I can't remember. But uh, my uh, bracket has already sort of blown apart. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most people's brackets are for one team in particular. Yeah, but well, we'll get on we'll to get that. On, yeah. um, there's been controversy galore. Leafs in particular in the middle of a big mess. Uh, and we might as well throw his name out there. Nazem Kadri. So, <coughs> and Kadri is literally sitting in the uh, hearing at uh, at NHL offices, <coughs> whatever they call it, player safety. He's sitting in there now. So we'll probably get uh, the results of what's happening with that while we're in the middle of this episode. So stay tuned. We'll let you know uh, if something comes up. Uh, <coughs> loads of women's hockey happening, also around uh, around uh, the world and around the UK. Um, I believe the uh, Cana- I saw a stat where Canadian women got bronze. Yeah, Canadian women's got bronze. Um, that was in the international championship thing. Yep, the women's international championship, so which I'm we'll ass- also talk about. I'm assuming that you the that means the states went on to get gold. Yes, and who got silver? Finland. Finland, right? Oh, oh gosh, and the controversial. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, <laughs> all right. So we'll talk some a bit more about that. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff that we have. I mean, there's loads. So between NHL and uh, the Elite League here in the UK, we got the women's hockey. Um, we got a few different controversies happening. Um, we might have some time to revisit our our playoff predictions and our brackets later. Uh, probably get a couple of crazy questions from you, Finn. Yes, of course. Don't <laughs> worry, I got you. <laughs> a couple of those lined up, and uh, we've got um, might have a question or two. Time for a question or two from you guys, the audience, uh, who send them in. Uh, so, just a quick plug at the beginning of the show. Um, we usually leave it to last, uh, but to remember that. Um, any, anybody out there that would like us to shout out somebody, uh, even if it's yourself, feel free to self-nominate. Or um, you know of somebody that maybe works within the hockey industry that you'd like us to shout out. Or, um, you know, even if it's a, a small, we, we love small companies, uh, especially independent companies uh, within hockey. Um, that if you like us to talk about them or shout them out, let us know. 
Um, or if you have a question about anything that you'd like us to bring up on air, uh, just send it to us. And there's loads of different ways that you can send it to us. What are some of the ways, Finn? i got to have a drink of beer. My throat's a bit croggly. <laughs> um, yeah, you can uh, contact us on uh, social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and I believe we also have a Facebook page. Um, and you can also use our email, which you can find via our site, uh, ukhockeyfam.co.uk. Oh, yeah, our good old website. Yeah, you can submit through the website. Email us directly. Get in touch with us. Get in touch with us on uh, any social media, as Finn's just said. Two of the busiest channels, but the, which means the ones that we pay the most attention to, are definitely Instagram and Twitter. So um, uh, pr- uh, send us a message on there, and we'll get it pretty much straight away, because we're uh, nerds like that. Um, but it's looking like uh, it's time to get old Cliffy on the phone. I wonder if he's around yet. Uh, so we see. If, shall we see if we can get him? Okay. All right. Cliffy's nuts. Playoffs edition. Score! We're going to Boston, baby! Hey, Clippy, are you there? I am indeed. Good evening, guys. Hey, um, welcome back to Scott Antcliffe, who comes on uh, comes on the pod every week and uh, talks to us about what's happening around the UK leagues. And uh, as luck would have it, Scott is also a Leafs fan, so we uh, we'll be talking a little bit about that as well. Uh, so welcome back, Scott. Thank you. Thanks for having me as always. It's always a pleasure. Uh, so there's loads. We we haven't been on very long actually tonight before we got you on, Scott. We were talking uh, briefly about the fact that there is some uh, lots of stuff to talk about in regards to Leafs and things like that. And because you're a Leafs fan, mm-hmm. we thought we'd save that until you were on. Uh, but also, um, we uh, we know that uh, things have been sort of coming to an end uh, around the UK leagues and stuff like that. So it'd be great to just kick off uh, with some of uh, some of the happenings here in the UK. If you could if you could dig into that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the weekend um, has now finished. So it's concluded the elite league season. So at the end of every elite league season, it always ends on. Uh, the playoff finals in Nottingham. So just a bit of a quick recap. The Elite League is made up of 11 teams. Yep. Uh, the top eight teams go through to the playoffs. And then in the playoffs, you have the quarterfinals, uh, where the number one seed plays the eighth seed, the second plays the seventh, and then you go down the sort of pecking order. And then the top four teams go through to the playoff finals in Nottingham. And then that's where I've been this weekend. So I've been sat in the Sheffield Steelers block, as I normally do. Unfortunately, the Steelers didn't make it to the event because they lost in the quarterfinals to Cardiff, who were the eventual winners. So Cardiff are the uh, playoff champions for the second successive season now, and they beat Belfast 2-1 in the final. So it came down to a battle of netminders. Ben Bounds was superb. Uh, He's pulled off some stellar saves. And then also equal to the task was uh, Tyler Beskrawani, who was the netminder, for Belfast Giants, and he's been recently named uh, Netminder of the Year and British Elite League, well, and the Elite League Player of the Year. So, um, you know, two real sort of stellar netminding performances and two outstanding netminders going head-to-head. So awesome. Belfast basically got there um, by into the final after a 2-1 semi-final win over Guildford. So Guildford really took them close, and most people are expecting Belfast to have a commanding victory, but it was a really close, hard-fought game from the Guildford Flames against Belfast. And then in the second semi-final, uh, the Cardiff Devils absolutely annihilated uh, Nottingham Panthers on the home ice, 9-4. Um, so they then uh, went through to the final, and then, like I say, um, Cardiff came out the eventual winners uh, in a 2-1 win. 
uh, and a great performance for the Cardiff Devils. So that's their first piece of silverware this season, and they denied uh, Belfast Giants the Grand Slam. Um, so all the basically all the trophies in the league. So Belfast Giants uh, won the league and the Challenge Cup winners, whereas Cardiff took the title, uh, the playoff title. Wow. So. Um so Cardiff, it's always a good. So you support as um, I forgot to mention. I think in the beginning, I usually mention that you're from uh, near Sheffield and you support Sheffield Steelers. Mm-hmm. And so it's always there's always a bit of a consolation, isn't there, to um, be knocked out by the people that go on to be the ultimate winners. There's something there, isn't there? It, it's it's sort of a little takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you always want to say you've lost to the best, so no one wants to lose to a you know a poorer team, right? And um, so if you lose to the best, then I, I guess you do hold uh, you, you hold face <laughs> a little bit some, more, and it you, is some you have consolation. a bit more kudos. But let me ask you on, yeah. on, on that point. I remember that we on the, in the um, episodes leading up to the playoffs, um, and we talked about the uh, the way that the the ladder was set up, the playoff ladders ended up, and um, so. Let me ask you this: If you had, if Sheffield had have met uh, Panthers, do you fancy mm-hmm. that uh, would Sheffield have got past the Panthers also? Um, I would have been fairly confident because um, out of the eight games this season, Steelers have beat the Panthers six times out of the eight. <laughs> yeah. So head-to-head record is really good against the Panthers. Yeah, and yeah, I would have felt fairly confident, and particularly seeing how little fight the Nottingham Panthers had in them. So I mean. You know, to lose nine four, obviously it's, it's disappointing um, for the Panthers. Yeah. But more so, you know, it was just the performance, and it was very, very lackluster in terms of effort and intensity. And I, I you know, the scary thing is with Cardiff, they didn't even look like they got out of third gear. Really, you know, they had wow. a couple of levels in them, so they could have really took it to them. But yeah. you know, the game was dead and buried after basically. You know, 25 minutes of the game, and um, in terms of the scoreline. So, I mean, I guess from the first period onwards, Cardiff were just conserving energy and, you know, just getting ready for the final rather than sort of putting it to the Panthers even more because, you know, it's, it's um, a quick turnaround to play in the final the next day at 4 p.m. So, wow. you know, they were trying to save some energy in the tank <laughs> from that um, five o'clock face off the evening before. So, um, and, yeah, and you can't blame them for doing so. And just remind me, Scott, so who did, uh, in the playoffs, who did, Notting, who did Nottingham knock out themselves? So Nottingham knocked out the five Flyers. Five, um, right. Yeah, and it was pretty close games between those two teams as well. And, um, you know, the Fives have had a, a great season. They've, I guess, overachieved to an extent, considering that they've got quite a a meagre budget compared to the uh, traditional top four teams in Sheffield, Nottingham, Cardiff and Belfast. So for five to have done so well in, in the league standings and made the um, playoff quarters, they've had a good season as well. Wow, awesome. So Cardiff, 2018-2019 uh, champs. Yep, so Cardiff, 2018-19 uh, playoff champions, whereas Belfast have also um, added the... Uh, league and Challenge Cup trophies to their cabinet as well. <laughs> Fantastic! That's that's awesome, and, and it's been an exciting league, and and uh, and we're grateful for t- to have had you on and and cover it, and I th- hopefully bring a lot more p- of our listeners into the scene of uh, of the um, UK uh, Elite League men's hockey. Um, anything happening around uh, the women's end of things in hockey here? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just quickly mention the NIHL, which is the, I guess, the second tier of British ice hockey in the UK for the men. And uh, all Pirates have been announced um, playoff champions after a 5-4 win over Peterborough in overtime. So it's a close battle between those two. And so all Pirates have uh, sealed the treble. So they've won the league, um, the North playoffs champions and then the overall playoff champions as well wow so the whole pirates uh, coached by former sheffield Steeler jason hewitt had a really good season as well um but then going on to the wins uh, there's been some interesting scores recently in the women's elite league um so uh, the brighton all queen bees have asserted their dominance again in the league i mean they're an outstanding team they are um, awesome so they have played 14 games and they've won 13 and drew one with uh, 85 goals for, so just some outstanding offensive talent and only 14 goals against as well in those 14 games. So, you know, they're really... Um, some great goaltending as well. Showing their, yeah, absolutely. That's they're really defense. showing their dominance. And they had a 12-0 win over the Guildford Lightning, who are currently third in the league. Um, so a 12-0 win. And in that game, Rachel Cartwright, who we know is one of our listeners, uh, Rachel got three plus one, so she got a hat trick and an assist in that game. That's awesome. And also Nat Aldridge, who um, we've spoke about on the show before, an outstanding player, yeah. also picked up three three assists in that game too. So uh, an interesting result for the Brighton Old Queen Bees. Obviously, they they're having a great season. That's fantastic. And then recently, yeah, they've, they've been outstanding. Recently, the Solio Vixens have picked up a three two win against the Kingston Diamonds. And the Stretton Storm with a 2-0 win over the Swindon Top Cats. And then we go to the Women's Premier League, so essentially the second tier of women's ice hockey in the UK. Yep. And recent games, uh, the Milton Keynes Falcons had a 5-0 win over the Chelmsford Cobras. And then the Whitley Squawks, uh, they've had a 10-4 win over the Sheffield Shadows. So the Shadows, obviously my local uh, team, they were relegated from the Women's Elite League last year. Right. And so now they're currently sitting in fifth in the table out of eight teams in the Women's uh, Premier League. So they've uh, unfortunately yeah, lost 10-4 lost uh, in a recent game. Um, so currently top of uh, the Women's Premier League are the Nottingham Vipers okay. uh, with um, nine wins, two, two draws in 11 games so far. And so, where uh, where are these leagues at in in terms of uh, the the season? Um, I think they're probably um, just less than half. Well, uh, just over halfway through. So I think they're coming towards the end. Um, I'm not sure how many games they've got left, but coming to um, the end of regular season. Yeah, to the end of regular season before gearing up for for the okay. playoffs. So okay. I'm not actually sure when the season concludes. I think it might be around May time. Um, but I might um, need to stand corrected on that one. And this is, um, so I, I'm assuming, and I correct me if I'm wrong, this has a lot to do with the fact that uh, of an issue that we touched on many times before uh, you, you and us uh, around availability of ice and that um, here uh, they sort of, because uh, because you got two different pro, league, um, you know, pro leagues, that you sort of have yep. to stagger one over the other, probably, I'm guessing, due to availability, ice time, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's uh, part of the problem, I believe. And, um, yeah, that, that's part of the problem is lack of ice time. And, and a lot of the rinks where the, you know, the uh, latest teams are uh, have to compete with you know, various other uh, sort of teams. So, for example, 
Um, just looking at the Premier League um, teams, there's Widners, there's another Brighton team, so there's two uh, female teams uh, in the, well, there's one in the Elite League, one in the Premier League, so they'll be competing against each other five time. Yeah. There's another Milton Keynes team, a Chelmsford team, Kingston, so all these uh, rinks obviously have junior hockey on and, and various events, so they'll all be sort of competing for that ice. And um, so, yeah, so I, I guess you know, they do have a shorter season, and uh, I'm just trying to um, find out when the season concludes. I'm just trying to uh, uh, so, so fixtures list. So, therefore, it starts later so that uh, the men's hockey can get a lot, get through a lot of the fixture. And so, I'm guessing the women's then start, starts later in the season so they can get through the men's can get through a lot of the fixtures already and then it uh the women's finishes after because that that way that the men's playoffs and all that stuff will be through uh for ice time but here's a great anecdote for you while you're while you're looking that up finn's <laughs> finn's just been contacted his own team have just had a, a a game one of their fixtures bumped uh, because the uh, because of competition for ice time, uh, so they were meant to play in Cardiff. Uh, you got a Cardiff fixture coming up in a couple of weeks, yeah. and they've just announced that they're not having it. Why was it, Finn? Uh, I'm pretty sure for like some cheerleading tournament or something. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought you said it was wow. a, bir- a a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it's like some sort of either figure skating tournament or or cheerleading tournament. And, uh, you know, it might not even be uh, skating related because some of these places they're playing in a big venue that um, that that, uh, you know, the ice is actually that that venues in competition for non ice events too, like, um, you know, gigs and stuff like that. Wow, yeah, that's um, crazy. That's been bumped for uh, either a kid's birthday party or um, you know, the, the cheerleading. I don't know which one of the uh, the worst one to get bumped for. Would be there. more offensive. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And and these things also seem to happen. And so that fixture, and I mean, it's this is just as an example, but it's the same, I think, across all leagues. And it's some of the frustration that um, uh, some of the ladies in their league were talking about. The frustration is is that these things happen with super short notice. So that one, for example, that mm-hmm. game was meant to be, I think, in like two weeks. And so they've had the whole wow. season where the fixture list has been I- in stone and somehow somebody somewhere didn't notice and overbooked with some other event. And I think that, you know, so somewhere in there, I'm totally a, a thousand percent behind um, the frustrations of the likes of Nat Aldridge and, and that sort of thing around being bumped at short notice and stuff. And um, mm-hmm. and unquestionably, some of that is, you know, offensively down to women's, uh, the women's end of the sport, not getting the uh, attention that it deserves. But I think somewhere at the heart of this is just really sh- bad organization as well. Do you know what I mean? Like it yeah, just absolutely. doesn't doesn't seem like the infrastructure is there to run a proper national sport. Do you know what I mean? This should all just be in a database somewhere and uh, all sorted so that it'd be impossible for um, especially a big fixture. Um, mm. You know, like a, a semi-pro or pro fixture to be uh, double booked or something else. That you know, it just is, seems impossible. Oh, absolutely! It kind of makes mockery of the the leagues to an extent and the sport over here in the UK. And you know, the sport's taking so many positive strides going forward. But when you know, like you say, the governance and the actual structures underneath it aren't as strong as what they should be, it then really sort of makes it like you're swimming upstream and, and you're constantly fighting the powers that be to 
um, you know, really get the sport put onto a, a higher level. And, you know, it's a shame, really. But having just looked through um, the fixtures and results, I can see um, this is courtesy of the Bracknell Queen Bee's website because nice. the EIHA website isn't great for information and fixtures. But the season runs from October, so mid-October it starts, yeah. and it runs until um, sort of mid-twend of May. Okay. Um, so, yeah. It's about a month staggered or something. Yeah, start slightly later, but sometimes games can be spread quite apart. So on average, the girls only play uh, two to three games a month. Um, but in May, for example, the Queen Bees have got four games that month. Right. Um, but normally two to three games a month um, they do play. So they kind of spread out a little bit more rather than, say, two games you know, each weekend uh, like the Elite League and the NIHL do. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Cool. Well, some great, uh, some great news and info in there. Um, a standout for us, of course, is that hat, that Hattie by uh, by uh, Rachel. We're big fans of RC. If you're listening, woo woo, big up the big up Bracknell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we Rachel's one of our favorite uh, UK women players, so that's fantastic. Now, while we're on the on the subject, um, the uh, Finn and I just before you came on just alluded briefly to the international women's hockey that that has been played uh, in the last week. And um, and the results there ended up being uh, Canada squeaking in with a bronze, and uh, the the states taking it again with a gold, and in between them with a silver is Finland. But I don't know, Cliffy, if you caught the bit of the controversy in that Finland um, USA tilt. No, I I've not heard about that. <laughs> it's uh, a yeah. bit hectic. I've started back at school recently, uh, teaching so after the holidays, so yeah, been yeah. a little hectic. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And and it wasn't um, surprisingly not as big a deal was made of it as definitely would have been made if it happened in the men's international hockey for sure. Yeah. But uh, Finn, what 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 was it that happened there? Well, um, the game uh, it ended one-one uh, after regulation, so they went to overtime. And Finland scored a goal in overtime, um, and, and they all celebrated. And, and, this, and everything. Is, this is actually the gold medal match, right? Or yeah, gold this medal is game. the final gold medal uh, match. And um, in overtime, Finland score, and they're, they're, they all uh, believe they've won, so they do the whole throw the gloves in the air and everything, and celebrate. And they all come on the ice, and they're getting with the cup ready, and the ref goes into the uh, penalty box and looks at the replay and stuff, uh, comes out and waves it off as no goal. And I've uh, wow. I, I can't remember what the call was. I can't um, remember either. You keep looking that up. And so then, so obviously you can imagine a gold medal match and you've just scored in southern d- sudden death overtime. Huge celebrations and everything else. Then you get your uh, goal called off and it eventually went scoreless then for the rest of the overtime and they went into shootout and the States won the gold mm. on a shootout. Like how devastating would that be for the uh, for the Finns? Incredible. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, what happens in that situation as well, from a player's perspective, it's totally going to swing momentum. So your confidence, and you know, you think you've just scored, and you yeah. feel so deflated after. Yeah. It's hard to pick yourself up when you've just been. Yeah. I guess you've had the injustice go against you. It's Unless impossible. You know, the goal it? was rightly, yeah, was rightly ruled out. But it's going to be hard to pick yourself up and dust yourself down after such a crucial point in the game. So for them to you know, I guess go scoreless in in overtime and take it to penalty shots. You know, they did well to, I guess, um, not rally get around on. again. Yeah, yeah they're never yeah. you're never going to score again in that situation, are you? Unfortunately, um, if no, you if you if you not. put pop in the golden goal and then have it dis- disallowed, 
pretty rare that you're ever going to come back and score another one again. So, um, but yeah, bit of controversy there. Finn, have you figured it out? Uh, I believe it's goaltender interference. Oh, goalie interference. Um, really? Oh, right. Okay. That God, that keeps popping up in every league this year. Uh, yeah, Finland's <laughs> Finland's Jenny Her- Herkowski collided with the uh, Team USA goaltender Alex R- uh, Rigsby uh, and uh, named him fi- fired the puck into the empty net. And see, and um, so I mean, obviously, there's so many things that can be said about that whole goalie interference thing because it's so wildly mm-hmm. open to interpretation, which means it yep. depends on what refs you get on what night and and their own personal imper- in interpretations of that. Um, but the other mm-hmm. thing is, is that this points out a, another big problem with it, in my opinion, and that is the the uh, delay between uh, a goal going in and a goal being ruled as uh, uh being disallowed is quite big on goalie interference do you know what i mean it's pr- uh, in my experience having watched quite a bit of hockey this year uh the time between that goal going in and then a ref actually eventually saying no it's disallowed can be an enormous amount of time and it really mm. as as you sort of alluded to a second ago scott it really disrupts the flow of a game um, if they've got to like, you know, they generally debate it sort of rinkside and then they'll go over to the, uh, the booth and they'll have a look at it on the telly or whatever else. And then they'll grumble about it a bit more. And one of the captains might have a pop about it and everything else. And by the time somebody finally says no goal, you know, five, 10 minutes has gone by. It really mm, massive yeah, it can really massively disrupts the flow of a game. What do you got, Finn? Uh, same on on, on the same uh, same game. Uh, there's some other stuff about this. Um, Finland tr- tried to attempt, where again uh, attempted to file a formal complaint after the game because of this, because hmm. um, they uh, obviously originally called it a goal and then they ended up losing the gold medal game. Uh, were advised not to, and then um, the final like uh, verdict or whatever. Um, Said so that uh, they didn't. Uh, the Herkowski uh, did not appear to make a reasonable effort to avoid contact on the goaltender, and um, therefore were lucky to get off with just no goal call and not a penalty as well. Wow. So yeah. Well, there you go. That's even worse than I think most people <laughs> thought. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Okay. So um, I'm just trying to think. What anything else on um, women's hockey, guys, or have, is that pretty much the action that we know for for this week? Um. I was no, gonna. S- uh, sorry, you go, Finn. Yeah, I was gonna say one more thing, and that okay. was um, Canada uh, beats uh, Russia seven uh, nil to win the bronze in oh. that game. Oh yeah, okay. So Russia came in fourth. I forgot to mention who was in who. So who was fourth, and that was Russia. So yeah, no good. Uh, uh, you know, a nice takeaway for Canada there, but they, uh, you know, struggling to get back into their uh, their normal gold position again. Um. Mm. Shall we move on to, guys, do you want to talk a bit about, let's jump to talking about the uh, Leafs and Bruins. Should we talk about that? Um, So just really quickly, um, since we were on last, uh, the, we're into, well, game three of of that series is on tonight. So we've had two, two games since we were last on. Um, First one, or both of, both of them away to Boston. And um, the first uh, game, uh, the Leafs won with, you know, pretty great confidence. And uh, uh, the scoreline there was 4-1. to one. Finn, do you want to run down who um, sp- scored the goals there? Yeah, I am as well. Um, so the first period, uh, uh, Boston score, uh, Leaf killer Patrice Bergeron. Oh, yeah, he opened the scoring, didn't he? Yeah, and uh, 10 minutes in, uh, power play goal. Um, luckily, that's the only goal for the Bruins in this game. 
Uh, Mitch Marner uh, got the next goal uh, from assists from Jake Muzzin and John Tavares. Uh, second period, Mitch Marner scored the shorthanded um, penalty shot. Yep. Um, uh, which is, yeah, unassisted. Oh, so yeah, that's right, as he got pulled down. Yeah, by DeBrusque. Was it DeBrusque? I can't remember. Oh, we, we have some. DeBrusque hasn't been playing very well recently, eh? <laughs> um, uh, next goal to make it 3 1, William Nylander. Uh, assist going to Nazem Kadri and Patrick Marlowe. And in third period, John Tavares scores an empty net goal. Yeah, so um, a great win for the Leafs away to Boston to start that series. And I mean, I I don't know about you guys, but I was sort of like euphoric uh, after that because there were so many things that st- that stand out as having gone right in that game. And yeah. Cliffy, if you had managed to, I don't know, you probably didn't, it was a late game. I don't know if you've seen the, the highlights of that one. Um, but guys, just to put you on the spot here, can you think of one thing that stood out for you in that game as being something, you know, that showed real promise for the series? Uh, yeah. Well, um, the Leafs uh, played their, their kind of hockey instead of stooping down to the Bruins' level of uh, just physicality and brutality. Uh, they just kept up the speed and uh, laser-accurate passes all night. So that I think that that's a, that's a big one, right? So Leafs just played their game. You know, they came out to play their game. Their game's a good game. When they're on, they're the best. And so they stuck to their game, and that worked. I think um, a s- uh, another standout for me uh, was um, that uh, Mitchie was able to score that um, penalty shot in the sense that it sort of showed that he was going to score that goal anyway. He was away. And so the Bruins decided to bring out a bit of their dirty hockey and pull him down and he scored anyway so that was almost like Leafs firing their first warning shot that you know that's not going to work either you know yeah Scott anything at all to just putting you on the spot that stands out in that game is something that sort of shows promise for the games ahead um I guess in that game I believe uh, didn't um Nylander score as well yes I was gonna I was hoping you were gonna say that I think that that's yeah so yeah, I think that's obviously pivotal given, um, you know, his, I guess, lack of scoring uh, earlier in the season, um, obviously after such a lengthy um, timeout on the sidelines during yeah. contract negotiations. So for him, I know we mentioned about him in an earlier podcast, yeah, yeah. thinking, you know, he'll come good and uh, he did do towards the end of the season and he, he sort of caught fire a little bit. Yep. So, you know, to have... William get a goal in that first game is only going to be great for his confidence and hopefully he can keep that train rolling on and um, you know hockey is a confidence sport and if you're playing with confidence then you're unstoppable and hopefully the guys can you know take pride from that first performance obviously the second uh, game against uh, the Bruins didn't go our way Uh, however um, you know having having that sort of confidence and and getting that monkey off your back early on in the playoffs hopefully uh, William uh, can can keep firing and uh, yeah keep racking the goals up. Absolutely, absolutely. That's absolutely the other key point, uh, Scotty. I'm gra- glad you picked on that one because for me, like you said, we've been talking about this now for half a season. That was sort of like everybody just chill about Willie. You know, he will come good when we need him to come good. And every time you say that, you're sort of saying it through gritted teeth, like God, will he come good? You know, will he actually do it? <laughs> and then sure enough. Game one, away <coughs> to Boston. Uh, game's going our way. We're playing our game, and just a cherry on top as Nylander steps up and bangs in a beauty. 
and right when you need him to. And that, and again, it's least just sending another warning shot saying, you know, Nylander's back too, you know. So if you thought that you're going to get away with that dirtiness on, on Mitchie, sorry, he's going to score anyway. Uh, if you thought mm-hmm. Willie Nylander was out of the picture, sorry, he's scoring too, you know. What do you got, Finn? I was going to say, one thing that everyone, including critics and everywhere, have um, glanced over is that William Nylander, yes, he may not have scored as many goals as he, sh- as he uh, usually would or would have uh, a couple seasons ago, but he actually doubled, I'm pretty sure he almost doubled the amount of assists he got instead. Um, so he got yeah. a, ca- a career high in assists, which no one has really uh, yeah. <laughs> has really talked about. So no. he's still actually did contrary to the team a lot. No, absolutely. But he just became a uh, an assist machine. But uh, but no, yeah. I just thought an amazing, amazing start. And of course, this is all away to Boston as well. The first game away to Boston and all this happens. It's like, you know, Christmas and my birthday all come at once. It's just such a fantastic start. <laughs> and uh, and then going into game two. So again, uh, away to Boston because obviously they finished with more points. So the first two games were uh, home for them. And uh, going into game two, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it here. I almost wasn't that bothered about the result even if at least i was hoping it'd be relatively close i was thinking if we can somehow squeeze out another win here it'll be brilliant but even if we don't we've already thrown down a marker and shown everybody that we're ready to you know take up take them on um so we go into that game and it is a total you know just a completely different setup and um and you could tell so finn and i stayed up ridiculously late to watch this one um, oh this one know, was a late face-off as well 1 a.m face-off here in the uk i actually had to n- have a nap first yeah. uh, to try and to try and stay up for the face-off and um and so watching the first period uh, like you just within one shift you knew that uh, there was trouble a brewing uh, and that had a lot to a lot to do with the fact that um they were uh completely playing the benches and so in the very first shift, out came our first line. And they put out like the third line. They put out their third line or something like that. So Babcock immediately called the first line back to the bench. So they played about five seconds and then they were called back to the bench and, and uh, Babcock dumped out the fourth line, I think. Yeah. And so within the first, literally within the first minute of the game, you could see that even the coaches had come to play a game of chess you know, rather mm. than just put the lines out and play hockey, you know. Yeah, but wha- one thing about that whole um, li- line jumping or whatever, uh, matching kind of thing that they were doing, the one the one thing the Leafs have that is a skill over any other team probably is that they have enough enough depth that they almost have two first lines, uh, being the Tavares line and the Matthews line. So technically they could have still left that line out there, maybe even got a goal in that, in that uh, first shift because they're playing a weaker line, like a lot weaker, especially if it's the third line playing our first. And I, c- I would trust in Matthew's line to shut down the Marshine line. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so I think the point was of the quick line changes and whatnot was um, Bab saying, you know, he was going to put exactly the players that he wanted out. Uh, you know, uh, he wasn't just going to r- mindlessly run through numerically through his lines. Um, but what was the name of the uh, tough guy? The K- the uh, ba- David Backus? Backus. Yeah. So the guy? Um, yeah. So Backus didn't play in the first game, did he? He wasn't on the bench. And uh, no, I can I'll double check this quick. They, d- I'm pretty sure they dumped him on the bench for uh, game two. And if you follow the uh, the Bruins at all, Bacchus yes. Bacchus is Bacchus. as close to a goon as you get in the NHL these days. In that uh, he's a pretty tough guy, and I'm not saying he's the toughest guy in the world, but he only gets brought out when they want some proper muscle. Yeah, his coach described him saying um saying in the first uh, the first game that they were th- they were choosing the lineup on based on speed and speed only. 
Um, so the fastest guys and the most skilled guys would play. And Bacchus was scratched. Uh, which kind of kind of tells you that he doesn't trust Bacchus in being the fast guy. And then when they, when they come in to play, they said they need to shut down Mono. And the only way they're going to do it is probably physicality. And uh, as soon as they try to play a more physical game, they instantly bring this guy in. So, Yeah, so uh, I mean, if you watch the uh, first game and the highlights of the first game, and you saw things like um, the likes of Marner and Nylander and things like that, li they were literally skating circles around Chara and people like that. I mean, it just looks silly. They're yeah. so much oh, wow. faster. And uh, and I think that, um, what's the coach of Bruins? Ca is it Cass Bruce Ca Cassidy? Cassidy? Cassidy knew that uh, the only way that you can keep guys from zipping past you like that is start busting up a few of them. And so the yeah. first the first period of hockey in that game was brutal. Yeah, uh, in, in the f within the first five minutes, um, this is a kind of a cool stat for you guys. Um, in the Within the first five minutes, the Bruins were averaging averaging two hits a minute. Um which is uh which is pr pretty big for the NHL. That's ten hit ten mm -hmm. hits in five minutes. Amazing. And so I dug up that stat, Cliffy. Did you see that stat that I put on WhatsApp about the hits in that game? About uh, what in the game? Sorry. The the about the hit the hit counts in that in that game. I I no no I I must have missed that one. It, but um I mean it, your first game though you wanted to both teams wanted to set the stall out and. Obviously, the Leafs aren't known for the physicality. No. Uh, far from it. You know, we're, we're more used to relying on the speed and the skill. However, you know, you, you want to set your stall out still, and it sets a dangerous precedent. If you don't, I guess, reply a little bit by throwing the body about, it, it shows that the Bruins can assert their sort of physical dominance and uh, get away with it to an extent. So, for sure. Um, so, so, yeah, so I, I'm kind of glad that, you know, the Leafs then. Sort of stepped up the physicality a little bit as well, and, and put the body about, and uh, to let the know, uh, to let the Bruins know that we're coming to play. Absolutely, and so uh, essentially the way that that played out in that game is that the first period was, you know, basically the Bruins just beating up the Maple Leafs, and uh, they called it. The commentators kept referring to it as just, oh, look at the forecheck, look at the forecheck. You know, it's like no, that's not forechecking. That's just like mugging people. And uh, and so they knew that every contact with uh, with the puck was a hit. Every single contact was going to be a hit. And so Leaf started to step up to that a bit in the uh, in the end towards the end of the first period. And then obviously they would have had a team talk at the uh, interval. And I don't know whether it would have been Babcock or more likely someone like uh, Kadri who said, "Listen, you know mm -hmm. we can't we can't let them beat us up like this. We've got the hit. We, you know we got to go hit for hit with them." And uh, and the second period was literally, a, you know, practically a bloodbath. It w you know, it was it was tough. So I found this this um, this stat. So there were four games um, played that night uh, in the in the playoffs across the NHL. So the um, first one was Predators versus Stars, and in that game, the hit count was 40, 40, uh, 40 hits in in the Pred Stars game in total. In total. Uh, then you had, uh, sorry, there's three games total, not four games total. So so one game was Pred Stars, 40 hits. Then you had Avalanche for the Flames. In the whole game, there was 44 hits. The Caps versus the uh, Hurricanes, uh, looking a bit more brutal at 56 hits. And in the f uh, Leafs versus Bruins, 83. A 83. So in a game, in the same night, when Preds versus Stars, 40 hits total in that game. 
in Bruins versus Leafs, 83 hits, more than double. Yeah, the, but by the way, the break the breakdown for that is uh, 44 hits for the Bruins and 39 for the Leafs. Is so, it? yeah. Right, okay. So pretty close. Uh, Bruins f- uh, threw a couple extras. But, I mean, it was a uh, it was a, a messy game, and I'm thinking about some of the things. And so then you get into, I mean, we ha- I don't even think we mentioned this. Did we mention the score yet? So at least no. lost this game 4-1, ironically. So we won 4-1 the first game. And lost 4-1. Lost 4-1 the second game. Along um, with teeth and blood and All sorts. Players. So the the yeah. first the first thing um that's the first big controversy about this game that's been um talked about was just the absolute shockingly poor uh refing of that game. Yeah, they really let it get out of hand and uh without calling uh, any uh penalties on either teams. Um they ended up literally just it they just left it to their own left the teams to their own devices. And and this and this happens um, every year in the playoffs, so everybody knows the playoffs g- are going to go up a notch on the physicality um, because that's uh, you know what people want to see, and so they talk about how refs put their whistle in their pockets for the for the playoffs, and so you're always going to expect a bit of that, but my not god, as it, much, yeah. it, it was ridiculous. They would not call anything, and um, and you knew within about ten minutes, it's like. If they don't rein it in, someone someone's going to end their career here tonight, and uh, and it was looking really ugly. And so uh, Muzzin gets uh, checked to the head. Do you remember this? Yeah, and his visor cuts his eye or something. Yeah. So he gets checked right to the head, and um, and a visor cuts the side of his eye, eye bleeding profusely, blood running down his face. So in that situation, head check Cliffy with a bleed with a big bleed. How many minutes do you reckon you get for a penalty or for a hit like that? Uh, in the elite league. Yeah, yeah, or anywhere. So yeah, well, oh, well, well let's let's say the elite league. Let, you know, let somebody yeah, gets well, checked in the head and uh, and they get oh. cut on that check. Oh yeah, well, a check to the head is an automatic five plus game penalty, and then what happens with any any major penalty? They instantly become reviewable by the Department of Player Safety, so the DOPS panel. Here in the UK, so they review any major penalties. So then, based on um, you know the footage from the incident, yep. and I guess the intent in the hit, they then will deem it either suspendable or not. Yeah. Um, and any additional, I guess, any additional sort of punishment fines, yeah. they'll take into account. Obviously, similar to the NHL previous um, incidents from those players as well. So very very similar to the NHL in that sense. Yeah, for sure. So you're looking at uh, five plus five plus game. Yeah. Mm, um, yep. But the exact penalty here is um, Pasternak uh, charging against Muzzin only two minutes. Yeah, two minute minor. Wow. And that was Wowzers. you know, so you got two things. You got a guy bleeding, and the guy's bleeding from his face. So it's not a mystery as to where the hit took place, and mm. uh, and so yeah, he gets a charge in two minute minor. And and from the wow. from the moment that that happened, it was just like God. If they're gonna blow the whistle at all, it's not it's not gonna. Mm-hmm. The punishment is not gonna suit the crime. And that was seriously like just somebody hitting a giant green light to the Bruins, like come and do whatever you want because uh, you're safe to do it. And the worst you're gonna get is a two minute minor here. And uh, and mm-hmm. things just just spiraled totally out of control then. Um, and so that that brings up the whole Naz situation. Yeah, but wait, but before you go on to that, sorry, I'm going to go, the, the penalties in total in that game were seven, seven penalties called in the whole whole game uh, for either team. 
Um, uh, three for the Leafs. Uh, no, uh, three for the Bruins and four for the Leafs. Uh, Leafs have a total of 21 penalty minutes and the Bruins had eight. Uh, so that's uh, 29 penalty minutes in a game yeah. where like 83 hits were, were uh, given. Well, that's the thing. And, and so people want to be entertained by the ref stuff. And that's why refs tend to sit on their whistles a bit in the playoffs. But uh, then, I mean, the other side of it is, is you also fill the penalty box, right? And it's just like um, somebody on the power play or someone shorthanded all the time. But still, you've got to get in control of a situation like that. And so the last... Uh, so going into uh, the third period, um, Leafs are trailing 3-1, I think. Uh, and um, and so you're, you're only got a two-point spread. No, uh, sorry, 3-0 going to the third. 3-0. Three, three so you got 3-0. And so then uh, Leafs get another goal, 3-1. I think they got the next one. And so you're looking at a two-point spread there. That game is still in hand. You know, that, that, that game has not slipped away from you yet. <coughs> but the physicality and the refereeing just made it totally disappear. And then the next thing you know, uh, so DeBrusque is on um, Kadri all night. You know, he's on him like a, like a, a, a wet blanket, you know. And uh, they're just at one another all night, all night, all night. Like, who's going to get called? Who's going to get called? And finally, uh, with, uh, under, well, with about five minutes to go, Naz gets called for a five-minute major and uh, walks off the ice and down the and uh, down into the changing room, you know, and that finished Leafs completely because they had to play shorthanded for the rest of the game. Um, so, out of that nasty, you know, display of uh, you know sixty minutes of brutal, uh, you know, dirty hockey, uh, one guy gets called up by the player safety, and that's Nazim Kadri. And after being mugged all night long by DeBrusque, he's the one sitting in this um, in this hearing as we speak. I just keep uh, refreshing um, Sportsnet here to see if there's any update. But yeah, uh, the thing what set off the whole uh, Naz incident, though, I guess, for, to spark him was the knee-on-knee hit from DeBrusque, wasn't it, in the second period? So that's when Naz went down the tunnel. And so, you know, that obviously riled Naz up for him to then... Now with four minutes left in the game, like you say, to then cross check, uh, cross check DeBrusque in the in the face. Yeah. Um, but I guess you know Naz came back after the knee on knee hit, and, and you know those sort of hits can end your career, and they're not nice at all. I mean, I I took a I've recently torn my MCL in my knee, and I did that in November, and I'm yeah. still on the sidelines now yeah. in April, and and those hits can really affect your your career, your livelihood, Absolutely. And things like that. Absolutely. And, um, so for Naz to, you know, he, he then came back and got the uh, the consolation goal, didn't he? I believe as well. Yes. Um, so that that's a good way to rile up the the Boston fans in in, in Boston as well. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. Then uh, everyone in the building sorry, is baying for your blood, though, aren't they? And um, oh, absolutely. And and so uh, interesting. Yeah. So in the end, um, Naz gets um, bumped out for uh, cross check to the face. And now today I've seen loads of different bits and pieces of clips of hockey of saying you know people saying hey you know i hope when they're in that hearing that somebody decides to show them this you know and there was a, a game not long ago where Marchand um cross checks mcdonald from uh philly is he philly yep cross checks him right across the face and there's this this clip of it really good clip of it where he just literally turns around cross checks him right in the face when he's down on the floor and uh Marshan straight to uh, you know a safety um, hearing, uh, 
and uh, his his entire punishment for that was a four thousand dollar fine. So no game uh-huh. suspension, nothing. I'll tell you what, Kadri is not going to come out of that room with a four thousand dollar fine today. Um, but that was on no. Mar- that was on Marshan just a couple games ago, and it was e- it was even worse. If you uh, if you can find the clip, uh, check it out. Mm. So the, one of the, the the biggest circle, one of the biggest things that they have been saying about the whoever that whatever his title is, the commissioner of safety or whatever he is, is just his massive inconsistency this year. It's been it's just been all over the place. Mm. Yeah, we're just going to say uh, Marchand obviously has got quite a history of of uh, incidents and penalties and fines as well. So he's got quite the rap sheet, and for him to only get a four thousand dollar fine, which which is nothing in, in terms of you know the finances. Yeah. Um. You know that's like uh, change down the back of the sofa for some of the NHL players. Totally, it's literally and, nothing. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's you know it's probably a tip what they leave at a, a bar <laughs> or something yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And interestingly, though, um, in Marchand's, uh, I don't know if you call it defense or whatever is that he that he wasn't r- particularly dirty I didn't think I, I don't think he's yeah, been for once. he's been a bit of a ghost in those two games so you know you remember mm. this time last year he's licking people's faces and whatnot and this year he's yeah. just sort of in the background a little bit he's decided not to be that guy or certainly not yet instead because instead so he's going to be good like he's actually meant to be <laughs> yeah he is a good player mm. you know and um and that's the always the sad thing is that this all these situations always involve guys that are actually you know obviously s- hockey superstars and have you know there's mm. no reason to be resorting to that kind of behavior um but it just happens you know so anyway we're we're waiting with bated breath to find out what happens to uh, naz here finney i was going to say i found a uh, De- the debrusque quote oh, uh, from after the game yesterday oh yeah and he said i have to see it to be honest uh, this is when s- asking about the uh, knee on knee thing and he said, "I have to see it to be honest. I'm not a dirty player. Uh, I don't think I don't think I intended to knee or knee him. Uh, I got no comment on that. I got to see it to be honest with you." Yeah. Well, what else are you gonna say? Um, you know, you're not gonna say, "Hey, yeah, I did it." Well, so what? Especially because so much of uh, the the punitive part of um, these things comes after the game now. So you've got to obviously watch what you say forever. You can never actually come clean because they'll have you up in some hearing later saying, "Well, hey, you know, you here we you are on camera admitting." to NBC that uh, that you did it on purpose or whatever. So um, mm. it's different than the olden days when you just either got caught on the moment or you didn't, you know. And uh, It's interesting to see the, uh, the the sort of crop of players who are coming through uh, just to sort of put in there is um, uh, DeBrusque, Jake DeBrusque, the son of Louis DeBrusque, who's a long-time NHL player. He was quite a, a tough guy himself back in the day and he yeah. often towed the line with some, some physicality. And then if you look at the likes of... Um, I think it's Brendan Lemieux, obviously son of Claude Lemieux coming yeah. through. Uh, so he's, I guess, invigorating. Um, I think he's with New York, isn't he? Uh, yeah. The Rangers, and he's he's sort of drawing some um, some press there. And then you've got like um, the Kachuk brothers. Uh, yeah. He's obviously dad uh, also played a, a physical side of the game. Um, so you've got this sort of young crop of players coming through who's whose fathers played the game in a certain way. And, uh, you know, back in the sort of old old 90s and the heydays of, of, of NHL hockey, when, when I sort of got into it, and it's interesting, it's not only does it make me feel old, but <laughs> I guess it shows that the, the, 
the parents had kind of transferred some of those um, characteristics and, and skills onto, onto the children. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's interesting, that you, it's a really good point that you make there because the those guys are in the modern NHL, but because they've got a veteran dad, they're playing yeah. the hockey that would have been, uh, you know, they're playing the hockey that would have been good in their in their dad's era. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. they're still bringing, they still know that you've got to be an all rounder. So you got to be good, but you got to be tough as well. You know, and uh, uh, and absolutely. I love that. I love that about about the, those things. It's funny you mentioned the the uh-huh. K- the Kachuk guys. Who was their dad? It's Keith Kachuk, yeah. uh, a long time sort of. Uh, Lee, uh, not Lee. Sorry, long time um, sort of flames and Louis Blue. That's right. Uh, you know he's he's been around the league. Phoenix, you know, a cracking player, Keith Kachuk. Yeah, and so you want to feel old, Cliffy? I went to hockey camp that was run by Walt Kachuk, who's Keith's dad. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, Wowzers. that was a and so they and they must be from Ontario, I guess, because when um uh when I was growing up, the the hockey camp to go to was run by Walt, their uh, uh, Keith's wow, dad. That's pretty cool. And so, actually, Keith might have been there. Who knows? Anyway, I digress. So tonight, um, anything more to say on that game? Who? Uh, so we mentioned the Leafs goal. I don't even care about mentioning the Bruins goals. Uh, do me to just tell you the assists on that goal then. Uh, yeah, who assisted on, on uh, Nazem? So Nazem Kadri, uh, assisting Travis Dermer and Nylander. Right. Okay. Great. Willie with another point. So um, one one thing to say is, um, Mitchie scored uh, in the first game, Two. and I uh, and I think that he's been great. Um, Tavares scored an open netter in the first game, uh, which was lucky. So at least he's on the scoreboard, but he's also playing pretty solid. Um, mm. but, uh, where's Austin Matthews? Yeah, that's, that's been something that's uh, been around, uh, definitely around the league. You know, that dude needs to step up. And so loads of p- people are saying, you know, it's obvious Matthews needs to bring another gear. Um, but loads of people are saying that about Tavares as well, that the two of them really need to step up a bit. That we just haven't, you know, we obviously haven't seen much of them in these first two games. So hopefully being on home ice tonight will bring those guys, sort of spark them back to life and everything else. We d- we do really need to win tonight. I'd, I'd, yep. I'd desperately, I'd, I'd hate to think if we come home, so off that high of a win away and then get beat up, and have that game last uh, where we lose away. If we come home tonight and lose, that's going to be a hard situation to fight our way out of, for sure. So, um, Finn or Cliffy, have either of you guys heard of who might have to slot in for Kadri? Have they said yet? Yes. Yeah, I do know. Um, so, um, I'll try and find the exact lineup, but I know that Nylander is switching to center. Mm. Okay, and who else? Are, who Are they bringing someone up? Are they uh, Ennis? Um, Ennis? Yeah, Ennis is now in the lineup. Uh, find the projected lineup here. So the I'll, I'll just go through the whole lineup. So Tavares, Marner, Hyman, uh, Matthews, Captain, Janssen, Nylander, Marlow, Brown. Yeah. And uh, Gauthier, Ennis, and Moore. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, listen. I just looked at the clock. We've been on for ages. Let's um. Let's predictions for tonight's game, uh, guys. Uh, I haven't even thought about it to this moment, so believe me, I'm not putting you any more on the spot than I am myself. Uh, thoughts, uh, predictions for score of tonight's game? Finn? Uh, I'm going to say 5-3 Leafs. Okay. All right. Scott, what do you think? Mm. Well, <laughs> after two previous games of uh, scores of 4-1, yeah. uh, 
I think another four one scores on lightly. Um, yeah, yeah. I think chances of that would be crazy. But um I'm gonna go for being positive, I'm gonna go for a it's gonna be another high scoring game, I believe. So I'm gonna go similar to Finn, but I'm gonna go five two Leafs. Okay. Did you say five two? Yep, five two. Five two. So Here's what I'm going to say. I think you're right on the 4-1. If, they hadn't w- uh, if the score hadn't been 4-1 twice, I'd probably be guessing that. The, the thing that I also think is there's not going to be a gap between the scores like that. And in fact, I think it's going to be something like 5-4 or 4-3, something like that. I'm going to mm. go the, on the conservative side of that. I'm going to say it's going to be 4-3 Leafs. And I'm also going to say it's probably going to be overtime or a shootout to get them there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fair enough. I think cool. it's going to be tight. I think you know what else can it be? So after a, a mm. f- you know, when you win four one and then you lose four one, that's just I think is going to have the result of mm. just tightening it right up. Uh, yep. So we should see some good end to end hockey tonight for sure. I am definitely going to. I don't know about you guys, but I'm <laughs> I'm going to try and stay up. It is the holidays. Yeah. Uh, and it's oh. m- it's midnight start rather than one. I was gonna say one uh, one more thing. This is this isn't the Leafs, um, but I feel like we should def- definitely address uh, address uh, these the, the two series, the Winnipeg series and the Tampa Bay series. Oh what do yeah. what do we have from those? Yeah. Okay. So this is where one of the things we were gonna talk about, but I don't think we got time for now was how um, how you were doing with your bracket. And uh, I think everybody who has uh, whatever their prediction was around the Tampa Bay situation is, has got a long face at the moment. Oh, yes. So uh, Tampa Bay now... Uh, they're 3-0 down. 3-0 th- down in that series. To the Blue Jackets. I mean, I wonder if they're going to get swept. Yeah. I think, it's, uh, I think it's entirely possible. Yeah, everyone get your brooms ready. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they're, I, I did, you know, it's unlikely they're going to come back from a three-nil deficit like that. So I think that's. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the scores as well, though, uh, Shane, uh, the first game four-three um, Blue Jackets, um, and yeah. then the second game a five-one Blue Jacket win, yeah, and yeah. then in the third game a three-one Blue Jacket win. So they're putting up the points, they're pulling up the numbers. Yeah. And um, so yeah, so but like you say, a three-nil um, sort of lead, it's going to be hard to come back from that one. Yeah. By the way, in last night, uh, in last night's game for Tampa, um, they were out. Uh, he- Victor Hedman was a scr- with a was a uh, a scratch uh, due to illness, I think, or something like that. Um, some people were saying maybe concussion. Um, that's their uh, star defender there, and uh, Kucherov had his game suspension, so they had neither of their like two superstars uh, in the front oh. and back. Wow. Uh, so that series is is been a total upset for people. Um, what else do you think? Uh, any anything else on brackets there, Finn? Um, Everything else is sort of cooking along as people expected. Uh, I think Islanders are s- currently looking like they're going to sweep the Penguins. Uh, Caps, they were kind of uh, looking to uh, probably beat Carolina, so that's not really the really a big thing. Um, Golden Knights two one over the Sharks. Three games into the playoffs and. There's not going to be too much of an upset anywhere. It's that Tampa Bay one that I think it, most people mm. would be most surprised about. For yeah. Sure. I mean, the Bolts have had just this amazing season. But, you know, this is what I love about the playoffs. It, literally anything can happen. And uh, mm-hmm. and I've been saying it since the beginning. Because of that fact, the Leafs are, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the Leafs are in a cup run right now. And until somebody proves otherwise, we're on our way to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah. Here's hoping. Uh, mm-hmm. Right, guys. Um, do, do you mean to give... Uh, well, 
I, I may as well uh, give give a couple uh, cool stat things here, I guess. Okay. Might as well. Well, well, I've uh, got them here. So I've got a minor stat here. Okay. Uh, which is if you remember, if you go back to his penalty shot. Uh, he uh, in the first game he uh, became the, just the fifth NHL player to score a shorthanded penalty shot goal in the playoffs, uh, and oh the yeah. others are um, uh, Daniel Cleary of Detroit uh, in 2007, uh, Neil Broughton um, in of Minnesota in 1989. Uh, Peter Klima of Detroit in 1988. Oh God, I remember Klima. He's and great. some dude I don't really know called Wayne Gretzky who played in Edmonton. Uh, and it, this was that was in 1984. Wow. Okay. Cool. Um, and then I think I've got one more. Well, uh, what one more cool NHL stat? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So on the date of um, the 9th of April. In 1980, all three of the Howes, uh, Gordy... Oh, yeah. Um, I love this stat. Mark and... Gordy, Mark... Keith? Oh, no. What was his Howe. name? Howe. Howe. Oh, Gordy, br- uh, Gordy, Mark. Mark Howe. Brett? I know. The well, other uh, one. <laughs> what, was it, what, what was the other one's name? I can't believe it. We don't know. Wow. Anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, all three of the Howes collected a point in this uh, in the same game. Uh, it was the first and only time this has happened. Uh, and on the goal, Gordy scored his 68th and final playoff goal with assist, to, uh, with assist going to both of his sons. Uh, they were all playing for the same team, Hartford Whalers, at this time. So, and an NHL, uh, NHL players, uh, father and two sons, all on the same. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Or have I you, love that you, one. you got the dude there? Or? Uh, I think he was... It was uh, all, what I'm getting here is Marty and Murray. Mar- no, Mark, Marty, and Murray. Who are they? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Anyway, uh, really cool stat. Um, I'm just t- uh, quickly refreshing Sportsnet, see if there's any update on the Kadri situation. Uh, I, nothing's come through nothing, that I've nothing seen. Nothing yet. Um, um, oh, by the way, Sparks has been backing up Freddie uh, recently, even though he was meant to be on that 10-day ten uh, thing with the goalie coaches. Oh, yeah. He's the been reason on the is... The reason is because Hutchinson's wife uh, uh, has been uh, has just given birth to a, ch- uh, a child. Oh no way! That's interesting, uh, because you remember that was meant to be it for Sparks this year. Yes. Right. One more thing. Um, oh, do you want do you want my question for this or? Oh, okay. Yeah, you do that question. Uh, That'll be our last thing. Yeah. Okay. Give me a second. Okay. To find it. Okay. So this is for both of you. Um, this is a very big playoff one, so my question for you guys is, which Leafs player and player from any other team has stood out in these first few playoff games and why? So wow. Do you, you want to start, start off with your oh Leafs, yeah. Leafs guys first then? Okay. Uh, who stood out? Well, um, I mean, it's got to be Nylander for me. Yeah. Uh, because I've been waiting. I've, I've tried to be a real defender of Nylander all season, to be honest. So through thick and thin and uh sure enough he's come good for me so i'm gonna say it's early days but uh nylander's been great so far point of game uh cliffy (laughs) well (laughs) shane's stole mine as well so i'm gonna go (laughs) willie uh with a one plus one yeah two games against uh, a tough physical Bruins team so i'm gonna go uh, willie for the leafs and then i'm gonna go 
we mentioned about the Isles Penguin series. So um, I, I think you guys predicted Penguins to win in the brackets. I predicted uh, Islanders. That's win, right. So I'm, I'm glee, gleefully <laughs> and gloating, oh, uh, as well. smiling here. Uh, yeah. But I've gone for, uh, oh, you did, Finn. Ah, fair yeah. enough. I'll, I'll let you off. But um, I've gone for Jordan Eberle. Um He's got three oh, yeah. two for five points in three games. And also, um, another one I'm going to throw in there is Robin Lehner, the netminder for the Islanders. Yeah. Um, he's faced similar amount of shots to Matt, Matt Murray, who's the goaltender for the Penguins. And Lehner's had 103 shots on him for a 9.52 uh, save percentage, wow. uh, whereas Murray has had 102 shots on him, so only one shot difference. And he's got a 9.01 save percentage. So it just goes to show how big netminding is in the playoffs. And if you've got a netminder who's on fire... It breeds confidence throughout the rest of your team. So, Lane has come up big, and Eberle's come up big at the end of the ice as well. For, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, do you want to do your NHL one then? Uh, so, the, anyone, the any, yeah, anyone so, in the playoffs? So, I know it's kind of. So, I, I'm totally with um, Cliffy on what you're saying about a goaltender there. And there's. Uh, that, <laughs> that's going to unfortunately narrow the beam uh, for me as uh, what teams I'm looking at. And, you know, what about Rask? I mean, he, he's mm. always been a good goalie. But, you know, he's been somewhat underestimated. He is our biggest problem at the moment. And if the uh, if Bruins make it, if the Bruins knock the Leafs out, there's every possibility they'll walk right the way to the Stanley Cup and it will be uh, Rask that has led them there because he is an absolute wall. Um, you watch all our best shooters who are the best shooters in the league and he he is, you know, stands on his head to make saves. I mean, the guy is amazing. Total underrated goalie as far as I'm concerned. Rask. Yeah. Um, so my ones, my Leafs, uh, someone uh, we've, we've, we haven't actually mentioned properly on this podcast today, but I'm going to go with Frederick Anderson. Yeah. Just because he's got like a 9.5 or some, or some crazy percentage. Yeah. And um, he's been solid, uh, especially with people doubting him in the last couple months of the season with quite a few losses. Um, but uh, the Bruins took 41 shots in the previous game, the in game two. Uh, only He only let four in, which is, um, I believe, 37 saves. Yeah, no, that's amazing. He is, he is awesome. Right, who else you got? And then for my NHL, um, this is a... This is basically based on how unbelievable it is to do this. But I'm going to say Mark Stone of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he okay. currently has eight points in yeah. three games. Wow. Yeah, that's a that that's a good series. Six goals and two assists. <laughs> that's wow. that is totally amazing. Uh, totally t- amazing. Tied in um, tied in uh, the leading points with Paul Stastny, also of the Vegas Golden Knights. Awesome. Wow. Right, boys. I'm looking at the clock here, Cliffy. We got to let you go. We've been on. This has been a fantastic session, though. This is like Cliffy's notes, the XL edition. Yeah. <laughs> wow, so it's, yeah, it's been a been a marathon, boys, but it's been a good one. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's great that there's so much happening with the Leafs to talk about at the moment. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I am just having an absolute ball. I love the playoffs, and uh, and it's so yeah. great to have interesting stuff happening. So, we will find out about the Cadre stuff uh, later on this this evening. Probably game, tweet it out or something. Game in the uh, Scotiabank tonight against the Bruins. The Spa. Face. Hey, Tavares' first game, uh, first playoff game in the Scotiabank Arena. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Ah. Um, but, uh, Cliffy, thanks again. We will uh, we'll get you back on next week if you're around and uh, and see how tonight's game went. And there will probably be a, have been another one by then as well. So, um, 
looking forward to having another chat with you and um, have a great week, mate. Yep, thanks, guys, and uh, pleasure as always, and thanks for having me on, and have a great week yourselves. Cool, Scott. We'll speak to you soon, mate. Yeah, will do. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. So great to have Scott on there. Man, what a marathon session in Cliffy's notes tonight, but that was great. Um, Cliffy's another big Leafs fan, and it's always great to have a nice little um, chat about um, uh, Leafs. Uh, but we're running out of time. What else you got for us, Finn? Um, well, I'm pr- I've, I've got uh, my own special question I saved just for you. All right, let's hear it. Um, if you were creating the ideal player for the playoffs, uh, this is for the Leafs, yeah. uh, which three skills uh, or traits would you give them um, for, uh, but using like a, a current NHL player's skill or trait? Okay, uh, I've got it. Okay, so trait number one. Uh, so I think this is what I think I understand what you mean. So uh, he'd have Mitch Marner's speed and skating ability. Okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. This, this guy's a bit freakish because he he's got uh, Chara's size. Yeah, six foot nine, crazy speed. And the hands of McDavid. Oh, that dude's a. That Could dude's you imagine that hockey player? <laughs> you wouldn't play that player. <laughs> Could you imagine what he looked like? Could you imagine? Seeing someone who's like seven foot tall skating at you at seventy miles an hour. Yeah, imagine that'd be crazy. You would just literally get out of the way, you including including yeah. the goalie. Just have just have the net, have a goal. Yeah, that just there you go. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, have you got an answer to that question? I I do as well. Go on. Then. Um, I do agree with you on um two of those things. So I would uh, have McDavid speed though, mm. slightly faster. Mm-hmm. Just thought you know, mm-hmm. Leafs could do with a. Uh, and a nice speedy dude. Yeah. I know we already have loads, but why not add another one? Yeah. Okay. That's our game speed. Cool. Um, I would also have Zidane Chara's freakish height, six nine. Yep. Pretty nice. Um, but I would have the um slap shot power of um Shea Weber. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I'm a cannon of a shot. I would have him playing defense, which means that he could pinch, but he'd be fast enough to get back there easy. Yeah. He'd be a massive guy, so you wouldn't want to go into the corners with him in, in our zone. Yeah, yeah. And he'd just stand on the point, shooting it so hard that the goalie cannot physically save it. <laughs> You've clearly spent some time thinking about this. No. Oh, okay. No. I, I, I just thought that the Leafs kind of needed someone, <laughs> a, a good defense. Yeah. Also massive and good for physicality. Yeah. Especially with uh, Nazem Kadri probably getting suspended, we would need some six foot nine dude to shut down Marchand. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, cool. Well, cool. Good question. Again, to end things off. Thank you. Um, what What do we got left? Should um, we do? I so mean, we can do. We'll do shout outs in a sec. Uh, you know, I'll I'll mention this. So, Don Cherry on uh, Hockey Night in Canada, uh, Coach's Corner, uh, he said how the Leafs were whining to the refs about penalties. Uh, how how to like to what degree do you uh, agree with this or do you disagree? Uh, which bit where he was sorry where he where, was where going he, on about the Leafs were whining? Yeah, where he, was, where he was like uh, they're like kind of embellishing it and uh, yeah whining and stuff. What, what uh, do you what do you say to that? I don't think he went as far as to to um, accuse anyone of embellishing it, but he was definitely saying that they're whining about it, saying ref ref and all that sort of thing. And I have to say, he's probably right. Yeah, you know. Um, First of all, let's let's be honest. Uh, Don Cherry is is a Leafs fan unless they're playing against the Bruins. Yeah. And then he just can't help himself from being a Bruins fan. My, I'm pretty sure he was the Bruins coach, right? He was indeed. So he's a Bruins, uh, you know, Bruins have a special pl- place in his heart. But 
Uh, I agree with what he was saying. Lots of people were um, on social media were straight away saying, you know, Don Cherry, what an idiot and whatnot. But, you know, I get what he's saying. Don't complain during the game to the refs in the in the playoffs of the NHL. You know, play your game and, uh, you know, the, the people that are responsible for holding those refs accountable and whatnot, well, they're somebody else. And that's actually what Babcock said as well. Which reminds me really quickly, um, this is just an extension to that answer. So I watched all the post-game interviews with the Leafs players after that game. Yeah. And all of them said, uh, all of them were asked essentially the same two questions, and all of them gave essentially the same two answers. Question number one was, what did you think about, or, you know, why why do you think you lost the game? And all of their answers were, um, because the Bruins outplayed us. None of them said they out-muscled us or that they played dirty or anything else. Every one of them said, hey, they outplayed us. The second question was, what did you think of the refing in that game? And all, all of them said the same thing, and that was, oh, I thought the refing was pretty good. That is the mark of a classy bunch of guys. Yeah. And it's that level of class, it's that class that will lead the Leafs through this, play, this playoff series successfully. I've, I firmly believe that. So um, does that answer your question? That does answer my question. Thank you very much. Should we do, should we do some shout outs? Okay, yeah. Right, so uh, we like to thank some people that we know um, that uh, have supported us and that we know are great supporters of the game. Uh, so um, I like to think about people that take care of our kit, like um, guys who take care of our skates here. Uh, Puck Stop in Sheffield, we love. Great shop, independent shop. Ian Clark, um, All-Star Sports in Swindon. Uh, Herms Sports in London, Ontario, where um, I last uh, had my skate holders worked on, I think. Um, who else, Finn? Um, I mean, we have some. We're nicely kitted out with some uh, cross-check clothing stuff in Barely Republic. So oh yeah, yeah. Cross-check clothing are in Rotherham. Yeah, and here, um, in, here in the UK, north northern UK, Barely Republic in Canada. Yep, Toronto, I believe. Uh, sports Green. We're. I was just out. We're uh, using the Sports Green today. We love it. Uh, it's a uh, amazing tool. Uh, great bunch of people. Sports Green, I believe, from uh, Kitchener Waterloo, Ontario. Uh, in Canada, and uh, your blades, man, the super blades. Bionic skate blades, man, I love those. They are awesome. Uh, and, of course, our great friends at True Hockey who have been supporters of the UK hockey fam right from the beginning. Uh, we love love their gear, um, sticks, pant, um, sticks, pants, gloves, um, love all their stuff. Anyway, listen, we blabbered on long enough. We mentioned before on the podcast, if you want to get in touch with us, just hit us up on social media. Uh, but other than that, there's some Leafs hockey to watch tonight, and uh, can't when we got to go and see if we can find out what's happening with uh, Kadri. So uh, thanks for listening. Um, we had our, our top number of listeners uh, ever to the last episode, uh, so long may it keep going up. Yeah. Th- thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for coming back if you like it, and if you do like it, please feel free to tell a friend and uh, let them know that we exist because uh, we appreciate all you listeners. So um, we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, see you guys next time. Is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good.